Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we have another amazing guest. She is actually a 2013 graduate of Princeton University, where she majored in sociology, but has had a passion for storytelling since she was a girl. In grammar school, she used to write her own stories, plays, and poems, and at the same time, she always loved business. And as a kid, she was quite the serial entrepreneur, so we will definitely dive into that. But currently, she has her own marketing consultancy, is a marketing coordinator for an e-commerce fulfillment company, which is her nine to five, and she's also the host of the Dreams and Drive podcast, which is for creative and lifestyle entrepreneurs who want to learn how to take their entrepreneurial dreams out of park and into drive. Create Your Life family, I'm talking about none other than Miss Raina Campbell. Raina, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, people. I'm so excited to chat with you today. <laughs> yeah, Raina, I'm super excited. We met at the Podcast Movement Conference, yep. kind of hit it off. I think Elaine Fluker from Supportive yeah, Sexy Podcast. Yeah, during like the party thing that they had that one of the nights. Yeah. Yeah. She introduced us and I was like, oh, you got to come on the show. And we, it just seemed like we were so in sync. So I'm curious, can you tell us about your journey to get into where you are now, both entrepreneurially and professionally? Um, So hmm, that's a good question. I always wonder, like, where do I start? So mm-hmm. I think as a kid, like I always was that kid who was into things, always was into ideas and so you know I was the person who was like let's let's try to make it happen and that make it happen personality uh, really carried with me from you know throughout elementary through high school and through college so at Princeton I studied sociology and I was really really into learning how people and institutions work and so for my senior thesis which is like a paper that we had to write in order to graduate I wrote a 112 page paper that was all about policing in my hometown of Orange New Jersey where I interviewed police officers, community residents, police chaplains. Mm. And I really fell in love with the process of interviewing and the process of getting research and realizing that there are so many stories that are untold out there. Mm. Um, And in college, I also had an internship at CBS, the media company. So I kind of thought I would have like this media job once I graduated and that did not happen at all. 
I kind of fell into uh, the nonprofit year out of college, but I was like, you know what? I could still build my own brand. Like, I could make my own media if that's the case, if I don't have a job. So for the next, I want to say like, you know, for those few years after college, I was freelancing for different platforms. I was building my own blog. And so that's how I kind of got into the media world is because there was no place for me. So I created my own place. Mm-hmm. And then professionally, I landed at a e-commerce fulfillment company and I was doing marketing and I was learning that there was so many things about marketing that really suited with my storytelling passions. So that's kind of how like I like I was weaving these two worlds and I had done I had been doing interviewing for so long and I'm like, you know what? I want to start a podcast. So mm-hmm. I put a date on it, January 2016, and I worked towards that date. I knew nothing about podcasting, but I was just so committed to wanting to see if I showed up myself every week. And you know, there we are, almost three years later and you know, dreams and drive is still here. Okay. You just talked to us, you know, about basically your career journey, you know, getting to where you are now. When did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I always kind of knew that I loved ideas or putting ideas into action. I liked making money. So as a kid, like I was a kid who was trying to sell you anything, right? Like, you know, I was the one who was trying to sell entrance into my backyard. Like, you know, oh, like, wow. I'm like, Yo, you got to pay me to get in my backyard to play with me, right? Like it was that kind of thing. But I think I didn't really think about entrepreneurship as something that I could do like as a biz. Like I, I, I always knew I liked it, but I didn't really think about it until after college. You know, I was always just set in like trying to find the right career path that fit my strength. And then I kind of realized that like, maybe I don't want to work for somebody else for like the rest of my life. Or maybe like only the, the job that's best for me is the one that I'm going to create. Mm-hmm. So I want to say I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, but it wasn't until I was like kind of forced to put that into action mm-hmm. was when I realized that, okay, I, I think I got what it takes. Mm, Okay. And how would you say that college prepared you to be an entrepreneur, if at all? Hmm, Well, Princeton, I didn't take any entrepreneurial classes. I think the biggest thing that it did teach me was like, the ability to manage a lot of things. So I was an intern at the Office of Career Services. Mm-hmm. So I was a marketing intern and communications intern. And so I think that experience, like just working in an environment, in an office environment, working with students, you know, blogging, writing, all that stuff kind of showed me the different types of career paths that were out there because I was always interfacing with all different types of alum. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think, but you know what, thinking about it now, like dance. So I was in a dance group and Mm -hmm. it's called black arts company dance. And, um, I had different roles there. So I was like, I think I was like, I for, it seems so long ago now. But like I was on the <laughs> promo team. You know, I was really instrumental in like a lot of like the creative stuff. So I think college helped me see what my strengths were. I wouldn't say it necessarily prepared me to be an entrepreneur because all the stuff that I was learning, like tactical things, I had to kind of teach myself. Mm-hmm. But I think Princeton really taught me how to be a good researcher, mm-hmm. um, which I think is if you can research and you can figure it out, then you can kind of do anything. Right. Now that I'm in total agreement on with you. But speaking of research, speaking of figuring it out, what level of discipline does it take to balance all that you have going on? You know, you got your own podcast. Yeah, you got the marketing consultancy. You got a nine to five job. You got a social life. I see you on Instagram. Like (laughs) how? How do you what are your keys to this balance? 
calendar. I, I think that's like probably the only thing. I think for me, it's like I'm very like I'm not as extroverted as people may think I am. Well, I'm like an introverted extrovert, but I know myself. That's the biggest thing is like I know myself, even from college. Mm-hmm. I was not the type of person to like do study halls with people. Like I don't do well when I'm trying to hunker down and there's too much mm-hmm. around me. Right. So number one, knowing myself and not feeling like, you know, I have to go do it like this because everyone else is doing it like mm-hmm. that. No, like I'm very good at figuring out what my schedule is, figuring out what the goal is, and then like trying to minimize distractions. Because like, to be honest, I feel like I'm lazy, right? So for me, it's like, (laughs) how do I, how can I maximize productivity? Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. It's like knowing things are on my calendar, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that I'm like sectioning time out for certain things. Like that Mm -hmm. was the biggest thing for me. Mm. Okay. I love that. What inspired the name of your podcast? Dreams and Drives. I was just telling this to uh, uh, somebody who interviewed me yesterday. So Dreams and Drive, it actually came from a checkers drive through like uh, midday uh, craving for funnel cakes. So I was like (laughs) in the checkers drive through and I was getting a funnel cake. And afterwards, there was like a sign like coming out of the drive through. There was a little garage thing and there there was Mm -hmm. like a sign that said no parking. And it looked really, really cool. It was a graffiti style. So I remember taking a picture next to the sign and then posting or my Facebook. And around this time, I also was talking about the podcast. And so one of my cousins was like, oh, you should name me a podcast, No Parking. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But when I got my mic and as I was like kind of playing around on GarageBand, I was just like, talking to the mic and I said hey my name is Raina Campbell welcome to the no parking podcast and I'm gonna help you put your dreams in drive and then when I heard dreams and drive it was like a light bulb I was like oh dreams and drive right but I actually launched the podcast and it was called the no parking podcast but like I called the community dreams and drive and then later um, a lot of guests were telling me like you should just name it dreams and drive like dreams and drive is better and so eventually episode 32 was when I officially changed it to dreams and drive. I love it. Love it. Funny story. I actually used to work at Six Flags in the funnel cakes department when I was a teenager. Uh, (laughs) I love funnel cakes and checkers had these bomb little mini funnel cakes. I used to eat them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, man, that's too funny. What would you say? So early on, you got that engagement from your listeners. What do you feel other than consistency has helped you to get where you are today as a podcaster? That's a good question. I think the biggest thing for me is I think you have to be very strategic. I think it's like a mix of different things. So number one, you have to know what your audience wants. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's so many other business podcasts out there. There's so many other like places that my audience can go. So really figuring out what is it that they're getting from me that they can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big thing that I think helped me was being like I did guest interviews for a reason. So when you have guests on your show, you're able to leverage the audience of your guests in order to grow. Mm-hmm. So early on, I was really, really strategic about who was I trying to get on the show? How was I promoting it? Mm-hmm. I think really investing in a marketing strategy in the beginning. Like, you know, if you plant it, the audience will come, but you really do have to go out there and tell people about it. Mm-hmm. So I was really trying to figure out creative ways in the beginning that I could get people to know about it and get people to share. So I was like, you know, posting on other people's blogs, doing a lot of other podcast interviews and other people's podcasts. 
I got a, a partnership or a feature on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that was episode 32, and that really helped catapult me. So I was always, always, always like putting it out there, letting people know, like really investing in the marketing strategy. But I think that's where my full time job came in hand and really understanding mm. how marketing works. Right. So I want to say, like, you could be consistent, but you also got to put in the work and you also got to really, really, you know, think about what your goals are. And for me, it was always growth. So I was making sure I was tracking my metrics every month you know even from like a daily like I have a daily report that comes to me and tell me how many downloads I, I, I have for the day so like 8 30 every day I know if I'm off or on for the day so it's like mm. really really investing in those analytics are really super important okay love that and how are you going about getting because I know my audiences definitely want to know this how are you going about getting on other podcasts and that apple feature so basically I went about uh, getting on other people's podcasts is number one. It's like, if you go into the Apple podcast app, mm -hmm. you can see, it'll tell you other people are listening to like, you know, it'll tell you the mm -hmm. podcast mm -hmm. your most likes. I went through that list and I'm like, all right, well, if other people are listening to these podcasts then I need to make sure that I'm on there. Right. Cause I need to, these are the type of podcasts that my audience likes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it really also helped that I was trying to form relationships with other podcasters in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, um, sending them emails saying hey you know i'd like to talk about this i think i'd be good for the show and then it just being kind of organic mm -hmm. um with the apple podcast feature that came for me like you know i told you i'm really big into research and i'm really big into like networking and using social media so i'm a big linkedin fan i think everybody should have a linkedin a lot of people don't utilize it as as well as they should mm -hmm. so i said to myself like i want to be an apple podcast how do i get an apple podcast well you have to know somebody who works at apple podcast mm -hmm. well who mm -hmm the right person so mm -hmm. i didn't know so i put in linkedin apple pie or at that time it was itunes podcast they hadn't named it apple podcast yet mm -hmm. i typed in linkedin itunes podcast and i saw like everyone who worked there and i'm like you know what let me talk to the top dog and so i i sent him a linkedin message and told him about the podcast and was just like hey i'd love to just learn a little bit more about like the, the platform or whatever he sent me a message back and said let's have a phone call and from there it was that's really how it happened like i told him about the the podcast i told him that well he asked me if i had any cool guests coming on and it just so happened i had a cool guest with uh jeff and kalisa martin of the runaway experience mm -hmm. and episode 32 was featured and that was really like the the bump that really got me to the next level. That's awesome. So earlier on, you said that your audience, they gave you feedback. And yeah. that's how you knew that it was time to change the name. How did you go about having that early audience engagement from the beginning? Well, I remember one of my first guests, uh, David Thompson, he was like, Randy, you know, you got to be social on social media. Because in the beginning, like I wasn't really using social media to be social. Like I was just talking to people. Mm -hmm. But then I realized he's like, you know, Twitter, like talk to people, talk back to them. Right. So, you know, I would get in there. I would start asking questions. If people were posting things, I would always respond and say thank you. But then mm -hmm. I'd follow up with a question like, hey, thank you. What's your favorite episode? Or thank you. You know, what do you think about this? And so I think I developed a personality with my audience that they knew that I would mm. respond to them if they reached out. Mm -hmm. So it was just really me asking for feedback and then, you know, collecting it. I also incentivize feedback. So I had like surveys. So mm -hmm. I have a page on my website, dreamsanddrive.com slash survey. And sometimes I'll push that to my audience and say, hey guys, you know, fill out this survey. At the end of the week, I'm going to pick somebody to win a Dreams and Drive Visa gift card. Like, you know, so I was incentivizing it and then some of it I was like really 
just going out there and asking. Mm -hmm. Um, But the most important thing is I was listening to what they were saying because I could have just been talking to them and not listening. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things is you always have to listen when you're doing that customer development discovery. So kudos to you for that. What do you wish you knew before becoming a podcaster? Oh, hmm. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that because I feel like I've been podcasting for so long, but not really. Um, (laughs) What do I wish I knew before becoming a podcaster? I wish I knew a bit more about like the industry. Like just I wish, you know, actually, I wish I probably knew a little bit more about how like ad sales works and partnerships because I feel mm-hmm. like I probably would have started earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really like a the wild, wild, wild west, like so many things like there's no real rules yet. Mm-hmm. I think for podcasting, although there are like podcast uh, ad agencies, you definitely can still get partnerships right. and you don't have to follow those rules. So I think I wish a little I knew a little bit more about the ad operation side, because now as I'm growing the business arm of the brand it would come in handy but you know i'm learning it now and you know maybe me being naive maybe me focusing on just growth in the beginning is going to mm-hmm. be good as i start venturing into that world mm-hmm. but it would would have been good to like kind of know a little bit more about ad operations but it's not as important you know but it, it would have been good yeah well i mean you have an audience so i mean i think that that's the most important you know you can advertise and bring value to your audience you know a lot of people have advertisers or or you could have advertisers with no numbers and then it'd be ineffective so all good wow create your life family i hope that you are really enjoying this episode i wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you if you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love like working out at the gym with family and friends are traveling use code cyls for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation that's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273 and without further ado let's get back to the show for you what would you say is the most rewarding and challenging aspect of podcasting hmm I think the most rewarding is just like I was just looking through all my screenshots. I'm a screenshot-aholic, right? I love screenshotting when people give me feedback. I love screenshotting like when people are posting about the show. And so like sometimes when I'm down, I have to go and like look through it and like get refueled again. Mm -hmm. And so like going through the screenshots from like 2016, I'm like people really are like feeling these episodes. These episodes Mm -hmm. are really like I don't want to say changing people's lives, but impacting people's lives. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that has just been so so awesome for like to know that I've like I've created something that people need every week and that they're feeling every week and that they're really learning from every week Mm -hmm. I think the most challenging thing though is like figuring out all right how do I make this like part of like my life's purpose or like how do I like do this full time Mm -hmm. how do I Like, you know, like, how do I make this, like, part of my lifestyle? Like, you know, I really think I could really be big in podcasting, but it's, like, the house is the the big thing, especially Mm -hmm. when you see all these big companies with these big budgets doing things and growing an audience and having the audience and me knowing that, like, my content is good, but maybe my audience is not as big and as huge. But I always tell myself, I'm like, you know, year three or year 2.8 into Oprah's journey, she wasn't Mm -hmm. popping yet. Like, she was still at the news station you know hustling so I have to remember like I'm only 27 like the hopefully my life is long I can't I shouldn't want success 
in mm-hmm. the in the terms of the word right now. So mm-hmm. um, that's really been like the most challenging thing is putting everything into perspective and being patient. Mm. Gotcha. I like that. What would you say are some of your keys to getting amazing guests? Because you've had like Trent Shelton, some of the people uh, you mentioned earlier. Like I actually retweeted something from you the other day. And was Jennifer like, oh, you Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Um, the key to amazing guests, I think, is number one, establishing your credibility. So I think the one thing that I had going into podcasting mm-hmm. was that I had done interviews before for like credible platforms. Like I had written mm-hmm. for like Madame Noir, Huffington Post. So I already had like, People knew that I wasn't some, like, I don't want to say amateur, but I had some, like, Mm -hmm. clout behind my name. At least I thought. Nobody could tell me that I didn't have some clout. Um, (laughs) I think it's also, like, being able to have a good pitch. It's, like, understanding what will the person get from from being on the show and just being able to communicate that, Mm -hmm. um, knowing who to reach out to. So... Uh, like, you know, a lot of times you have to remember a publicist is paid to get their clients press. Mm-hmm. And sometimes press isn't easy to get. But if mm-hmm. you're able to reach out to publicists and describe how this is going to be a good opportunity for their clients, mm-hmm. then you'll be able to get, you know, people that you might have thought would have said no. Like, you know, who like Trent Shelton's his publicist reached out to me. Right. Because we yeah. were in the same marketing group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um Also, it's about relationships, too. Like, the whole Jennifer Lewis interview came about because she was best friends. Jennifer Lewis's assistant is best friends with a former Princeton alum. And she had saw something I done I had done before. Oh, she saw my Black Panther Jimmy Fallon interview, like that whole clip thing. And I just I posted it in the Princeton alum group, and I was like, "Hey guys, like any of you guys know anybody famous? Like I'm trying to do some interviews with famous people." <laughs> and she was like, "Hey, I know Jennifer Lewis's assistant. I'll try to make something happen." And that's how it happened. But I think you have to have a really strong like pitch. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to have content that people want to come on like you have to have like you know invest in the show invest in in making it something that the guests will actually appreciate mm-hmm. coming on right and um i think i have good testimonials and feedback so if people do the work if they question it they can always go on the site go on the itunes reviews and they'll see that this isn't like you know this isn't a game and i actually do take it serious got it i love it so for yeah. you reina you know, as an entrepreneur working in corporate America as well and a dynamic person, what do you feel like has been the biggest personal challenge that you've needed to overcome to be who you are today? The biggest personal challenge probably is like me getting in my own way. I think a lot of times I have like a fear of success. So mm-hmm. I think I hold myself back from a lot because I always question like, what will happen? Like, well, do I really want this? Do I really want to be like the Oprah of podcasting or like, you know, will I if I get famous, will I be able to handle it? All this stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. that's been the biggest thing for me is like really, really, really thinking about why am I getting in my own way? But when you when I peel back the layers, I realize it's like fear and doubt. And that's something that, you know, I've interviewed like over 150 guests and it's something that a lot of them always say. It's like the biggest struggle in a lot of people's journey isn't mm-hmm. the tactical, logistical things. It's like those inner things. It's like convincing yourself that you're you're worthy of it and, mm-hmm. and not being scared of failure, mm-hmm. which I don't think I'm scared of failure. It's just like... I always wonder, like, if I make it, do I really want it? And that's right. something that I'm working through. Okay. Well, I applaud you for working through it and being honest with yourself about it. You know, Thank what's you. happening. Who do you feel like has been your biggest champion on the path to becoming who you are today? 
Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I have like I have like my best friends, um, my friends Claudine, Tina. I feel like they're always the ones who like. I, it's funny because I always tell Claudine because like, after work we always have like girl talk on the way home because she's driving home, I'm driving home, so we'll have like our little uh our little car chronicles we call it, and oh, that's like. Funny. She's always like, Raina, like, you could do this. Like, you're always telling me that I should do it. Like, what, what, what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other friend, Tina, like, she's always been a champion, too. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, a lot of my close friends and, like, my family, mm-hmm. they always tell me, my parents, they always tell me, you know, ever since you were little, you were always talking, right? And, <laughs> you know, my mom always tells me that she thought I would have been, like, a news reporter or something. And so knowing that, like, those characteristics were in me as a child mm-hmm. and just seeing, you know, how they still here today i think that really motivates me so i think the people in my circle really um they play a huge part in reminding me that like this was always my dream and mm-hmm. that um like you know like my dad always tells me that like, you can never be bored if you have a brain so it's kind of like this idea of like as long as you're alive then there's always possibility love it absolutely love it so for you it sounds like everything has been amazing I'm curious. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> right. I'm curious. How did you deal with negative feedback as you were rising and as you are rising? And what did you think when you first saw it, whether it was public or not, you know, and were you prepared for it? Uh, that's good. I feel like I don't get like direct negative feedback. I mean, like my friends would be like, Raina, like you were talking way too much on that one. Or like, you know, you, you know, like the person, like, like one of my friends, Unique, she was like, girl, like you always cutting people off, like in the beginning of when I was interviewing people. Mm-hmm. So like when that kind of, and you could perceive it as negative, but it's really constructive. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If I'm trying to think about negative, like direct negative feedback, um, I don't think I've had like direct, I've had like reviews. People were like, you know, the audio was bad or, you know, it's not like, like I, I really haven't, like, this is me just being truthful when it comes to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get a lot of, I got more like negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to think like negative feedback. I think it's more just like that constructive criticism that if I allowed myself to perceive it as negative, I would let it get me in a hole. So when people send me things that they say they don't like, Mm -hmm. or like even someone told me, like one listener told me I was saying specific, I was saying Pacific instead of specific, whatever. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, like people will, people will email me on like the littlest things, the smallest things. And I'm just like, all right, all right. Like some people just have the time today. So that's really what I have to focus on. But they're engaged. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you listening to me swallow too okay okay (laughs) that's too funny uh so if you weren't doing what you're doing now what would you be doing is there like a career or hobby that you've always wanted to pursue i think i love photography i feel like if this doesn't work i'd be like a photographer um i really really do love film i really do love videography um Mm -hmm. i love storytelling and right now i'm doing it in the form of audio Mm -hmm. uh but i would really really like love to be in like a producer realm and move into the video world Mm -hmm. so we'll see um i have some ideas for some video dream dreams and drive related projects so we'll Mm -hmm. see how it all works out okay if someone could come into your business right now and help you with one thing that you're having challenges with what would it be monetizing like help me figure out what my package should be like beyond just advertisements and doing sponsor ads and that stuff like help me figure out what what I should be like what what's gonna be the dreams and drive money maker 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it is ads, but I need more. I, in order to get more ad dollars, I need a bigger audience. So it's like I'm struggling with like what is my expertise that I can package and sell to people, mm-hmm. and then how do I structure it? So yeah, if anybody has any ideas, holla at you, girl. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so my next question to you, Raina, is: Can you swim? Yep, I took swimming lessons. Uh, swimming lessons. When I was a kid, so I think I completed up to like level five, front stroke, back stroke, brush stroke, all that stuff. Okay, good. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Oh, all right, all right. Well, I know how to swim. Yeah, so you're good. And it's dolphin, so it's not shark. So, you know, we're friendly. Uh, So this is rapid fire. Okay. Um, What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you are growing each year? Uh, goal setting methods is I'm really thinking about like what are the what's the one big thing that's the most important for each thing. So like with podcasting, it's like what's the one big thing that's important uh, is is growth, and then figuring out what are the metrics I can use to measure growth. So it might be downloads per day, it might be sales. So really, really like breaking things down. Like I said, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm a product. I like to hack everything. So if I can make things as productive and as easy for myself to process, mm-hmm. I'll do it. So I think with any goal setting method, it's like breaking it down into each minute step mm-hmm. that um, that is very, very easy to understand and is very clear has really helped me. Okay. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Uh, right now, I think it's like I said, like fear of success. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's like sometimes I get comfortable. So it's like not taking risk, right? So like I was talking to um, somebody who was interviewing me and we were talking about like money and budgeting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm a good saver, but sometimes you got to spend money to make money. And it's like, all right, but like, do I need to? So right. that's been the biggest thing. Gotcha. That's a chicken before the egg situation. I totally yeah. get it. What's the top tech that you're using to make your business in life run smoothly? My cell phone. <laughs> I'm not really. Uh, let me think. Uh, top tech. I want to say it's probably like my laptop. It's funny because I'm going to be interviewing the guys from Very Smart Brothers mm-hmm. uh, next week at Princeton. And I'm like, yo, I don't even have a tablet. Like, why am I so like old school? Right. Like, I need a little iPad so I can just have my questions there in the iPad. Um, but I'm very, very old school when it comes to it. So maybe the best technology actually is pencil and paper, because I feel like at the end of the day, if everything if I was to lose my computer or lose every technology, mm-hmm. I'd still be able to know how to use that pen and paper and plan things out mm-hmm. which i think you know they were they were having businesses back in biblical times so right. you know they didn't have computers so i feel like if you know the basics you could do anything so create your life family you hear Raina say and be resourceful and if you got to go to back to the basics pencil and pen what's yep. your favorite quote or model that you live by I, I keep coming back to this. So on episode 20 of my podcast, I interviewed celebrity stylist Lori Swank. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, you know, jump and build your wings on the way down. And that's just been something that really has inspired me since then, because I feel like a lot of us are scared to, like, take that first leap. Mm-hmm. But we think we're going to fall. That's mm-hmm. the thing. We think that we're going to hit the bottom, mm-hmm. but we don't know that we can build wings so that we never reach the bottom. Right. You always have that possibility of flying like. Mm-hmm. There's this Toni Morrison book, oh my God, Song of Solomon, Mm -hmm. and it had that same sentiment that I also like. Got you. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Uh, Most impactful book? uh, For marketing, there's a book called Guerrilla Marketing Remix by Mm -hmm. uh, J. Conrad Levinson that I really loved, and it just really helped with just thinking about how creative you can get with your marketing. Got you. And what are three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life? Uh, if you want to create your best life, number one, you got to know who you are, right? Like be true to who you are. Be like, 
that authentic self is always going to be important. Mm -hmm. I think number two is you have to be a student of research, like whatever it is, whether it's the industry, whether it's the, the business, like if you don't know it, you can learn it, but just try to understand it. And then number three is like, you have to be consistent, like creating your best life is going to be hard, but you got to be willing to show up every day. You know, I I was like an athlete in in high school and a dancer in college. And like, you, you don't get better if you don't practice. So Mm -hmm. you really, really, have to show up every day for yourself because nobody else is going to show up for you if you don't Mm, love it so what's next for you what's next for reina the entrepreneur the corporate america exec like what's happening so hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, but I'm, you know, transitioning into doing, I would love to do podcasting full time. So that's like on the next frontier, um, figuring out how dreams and drive can be the main thing for uh, a long time and sustaining that, uh, video projects. I think that I've been hiding behind the brand. So I need to kind of get myself out there a little bit more. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about all that's to come. So, you know, people please stay, stay in contact and be on the watch. Gotcha. And how can we keep in contact with you? Okay, so the best place to reach me is I love being on social media. You can find the podcast Dreams and Drive across all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also listen to the podcast wherever you listen to Create Your Life. You know, we are uh, also our website is dreamsanddrive.com as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome sauce. So, Randa, we've reached the point in the interview where it's time for the turnaround. Okay. And the turnaround is essentially where you become the interviewer and I am the interviewee. Of course, you have all of this experience doing this. So, uh, I only have one request. Okay. Please be gentle. Okay, okay. So, (laughs) how long does this last? Like, what is it? It's just one question? No, you get three questions. Okay, okay. So, first question. Uh, what do you think was the most, like, what do you think was the toughest thing that you've learned while being a podcaster? Mm, I think the toughest thing for me was I started off with a big team because mm-hmm. I started out on a live radio show. And so okay. I started out with this big team. And then evolving over time, I realized that I really only need myself and I need a virtual team. So I think really getting to that point, because I transitioned between a lot of people on my team, because, you know, a lot of times when you're building and stuff like that, there's so many moving pieces and nobody necessarily wants to really do the hard work. Mm -hmm. So understanding and condensing down my team to be very lean and effective was definitely probably the biggest learning curve and systemizing as well. I systemized my back end, which is proven to be, oh, my God, everything. Uh, who's somebody that you never said thank you to, but you owe a lot to? That I never said thank you to? Yeah. Maybe not enough or just like somebody that, you know, thinking about it, they did have a very big impact on your life. I would have to say that I'm very big on saying thank you. Mm -hmm. I come from super, super, super humble beginnings. So for anybody to help me, you know, growing up in foster care my whole life is just like, you know, anybody who helped me on my way. You know what? Miss Beverly Ferguson Barrett, who was my financial aid counselor at Clark Atlanta University. I did not. I have tried to find her and tell her thank you more because she helped me tremendously and made sure she helped me graduate college debt free. Right. I wrote a book about it, created an online program, but I, did, I have not thanked her enough for her contribution. Or Miss Dorothy Beatty, who was my professor in the fashion department at Clark. I feel like I owe them both phone calls. So. Absolutely. Okay. And this one is like a selfish question, but I just want to know your opinion. Like based upon what you see from Dreams and Drive, just in doing your research on this podcast, like what do you think I should be doing that you don't think I'm doing? 
to be honest with you, I actually liked I liked your website. Number one, I wouldn't especially to how that Twitter plug in. I thought that was genius. I think that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. I think that it's a matter of probably making some of these top lists. Yeah. You know, which goes back to your relationships. I think it's that and understanding that it's a marathon. Right. Yeah. That's you know? um... But I think also what you can stand to do is, is start look at looking at being distributed on bigger platforms. I think that that is definitely an option for you. Like for us, like my show syndicated on Sirius XM. So that lends to credibility for the show. So I think that you're a dynamic person, of course, and that your podcast is dynamic, but start looking at how you can use other outlets in order to push your mission forward. You know, like who doesn't have podcasts? You know what I mean? Like what networks and things like that. And then just take that and keep elevating because you're going to elevate, you know, through your partnership. So the same way you were doing it initially with the podcasters, then start doing that with actual brand networks and things like that and just keep pushing. I mean, you have a great name, you know, at some point you'll probably have to revamp the logo, but Mm -hmm. you have a great name. So I think that that's all it takes. And you have a great spirit as a person. You know what I mean? You have this high energy, you're motivated, you know, you're kind. So I would just say keep pursuing and just, you know, level up through partnerships. You got everything that you need. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. Raina, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being on the show. Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build the community, and building the community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.